moviegoers. I'm your host, Megan Reyes. And I'm Liv Baker. And welcome to Cinemascope. So guys, I do want to let you know that I do have a little bit of a lisp today because I have my bands in. It's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a thing. So today we are talking about one of my all-time favorite movies from forever. The 1969 film, Hello, Dolly. Liv, I know this is your first time watching it. What did you think of it? Cinematic masterpiece. And I'll, okay, I'll just say that I only watched the first 30 minutes, but I listened to the rest of the soundtrack and it sounded like it was so beautiful, you guys. I cannot even explain it. So I, you know, have obviously seen this movie like about a million times. Like, let's be real here. I love Hello, Dolly. Dolly Levi is my hero. She's perfect. Um, So let's go ahead and get into the cast before I get too carried away with like talking about how much I love this movie. Um, First, we have the great Barbara Streisand as Dolly Levi. She's in a lot of things. Funny Girl, Hello, Dolly. She's perfect. I love Barbara Streisand. Um, Walter Matthew as Horace Vandegelder, who was kind of the worst, but we will get into that. Michael Crawford as Cornelius Hackle, who was kind of the best, but we will get into that. Marianne McAndrew as Irene Malloy. E.J. Peeker as Minnie Faye. Danny Locken as Barnaby Tucker. So actually, fun fact, my cat is named after Barnaby. That's so funny. I love that. Cute. He's my favorite character. He's the best. Joyce Ann. Ams as Ermengarde Vandegelder, Tommy Toon as Ambrose Kepner, Judy Keynes as Gussie Granger, or as we get to know her, Ernestita Simple, David Hurst as Rudolph Reisenweber, Fritz Feld as Fritz, or a German waiter, and finally, the most important person in this entire cast, Louis Armstrong as the orchestra leader. Again, one more comment before we get, like, actually get into talking about it. I love Ella Fitzgerald, and I love Louis Armstrong, and he's one of my favorite parts of this entire movie, even though he's only in here for, like, how long is, how long is Hello, Dolly? Like, like, three minutes? Yeah. He's my favorite part of the entire movie. I love him. He absolutely made the movie. He's perfect. I love him. So, let's get into the synopsis, like we usually do. In 1890, all of New York City is excited because widowed and brassy Dolly Levi is in town. Dolly makes a living through matchmaking and numerous sidelines, which then we get into the musical number, Just Leave Everything to Me. She is an entrepreneur. She's a woman before her time. She's amazing and I love her. She is currently seeking a wife for grumpy Horace Vandegelder, the well-known half a millionaire. Um, so she is widowed, um, and there is a line in Just Leave Everything to Me that goes, you're gonna marry him yourself, Dolly, and then she's like, well, who put that idea in your head, or, I mean, my head, like, she, she's, she has this kind of plan that we learned from the beginning, like, hey, I'm gonna marry this man because I'm shady, it, she's very shady as like you guys will get to see when you watch the movie 
Dolly travels to Yonkers, New York, to visit Horace. Ambrose Kemper, a young artist, wants to marry Horace's weepy niece, Ermengarde. But Horace opposes this because Ambrose's vocation does not guarantee a steady living. So he's essentially saying, you're kind of a deadbeat. I don't want you marrying my niece because he owns a successful Hainfield business. That makes him all that in a bag of chips. Um, yeah. <laughs> horrible. Horace, who's the owner of Vandegelder's Hay and Feed, explains to his two clerks, Cornelius Hackle and Barnaby Tucker, who are the best, that he is going to get married because it takes a woman to cheerfully do all of the household chores. Ugh. He plans to travel to New York City to propose to Irene Malloy, who owns a hat shop there. Dolly arrives in New York and sends Horace ahead to the city. Before leaving, he tells Cornelius and Barnaby to mind the store. So it takes a woman, happens somewhere in between, you know, all of that thing, which is essentially him saying, it's a woman's job to take care of the house and it's a woman's job to clean out the stables and fix the drain in the sink. Again, yeah, contradicting the entire like Dolly being a feminist icon and he's just like crabbing on the entire feminist movement and I cannot stand this song or that man. He's horrible. He like he's essentially saying I'm gonna wear the pants on the relationship and you can wear the girdle and that's like not he's on the and some of the words that he emphasizes in the song are like incredibly misogynistic and I get it it's 1890 but that's still not okay, you know? And, and this movie was made in 1969, which, I mean, I understand that they were trying to portray like what times were like in 1890, but Horace Vandegeller is still a horrible person and I don't like him. Yeah, maybe they purposely did that though because they needed an antagonist. Maybe. Maybe. Cornelius decides that he and Barnaby need to get out of Yonkers. Dolly knows the two ladies in New York they should call on. Irene Malloy, who Mr. Vandegelder is supposed to propose to, so, you know, there's kind of a friction, and her shop assistant, Minnie Fay. She enters Ermengarde and Ambrose in the upcoming polka competition at the fancy Harmonia Gardens restaurant in New York City, so Ambrose can demonstrate his ability to be a breadwinner to Uncle Horace. Cornelius, Barnaby, Ambrose, Ermengarde, and Dolly take the train to New York, put on your Sunday clothes, so a lot of you guys have heard this song and you don't realize you've heard it. You've heard it from Wally. I knew it sounded familiar, dude. I knew it. You've heard it from Wally. And it's very different in the live musical. Um, I went to go see Hello, Dolly at the Winter Garden Theater a couple weeks ago. And it is a very different-esque um, but it's, it's still magical, and I did still cry. Did the lead role, like, um, when you saw it, was she still a redhead? Mm-mm. No, I really liked having the redhead lead character. Yeah, my dolly was Black, and she had an amazing voice, and I wanted to be her best friend. Ooh, because that, okay, that's, that's good. I like that. She was beautiful. She was so pretty, and her voice was amazing, and... I cried when she started singing. Irene and Minnie open their hat shop for the afternoon. Irene does not love Horace Vandegelder and declares that she will wear an elaborate hat to impress the gentleman. Ribbons down my back. So again, 
you do have to keep in mind that this is, you know, 1890. And a lot of the things that would be considered promiscuous then aren't now. So if you wore a hat with lots of elaborate things on it, that was considered promiscuous. Mm -hmm. Whereas now that would just be considered obnoxious. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I actually loved that song though. Um, Cornelius and Barnaby arrive at the hat shop and pretend to be rich, which is kind of a theme that like goes on through the entire uh, movie. Just keep that in mind. Horace and Dolly arrive and Cornelius and Barnaby hide. So it's a whole thing because, you know, men aren't supposed to go to hat shops. I think I want to say that's the equivalent of a guy going into Victoria's Secret. That is so funny. Wow. Wait, so they're, they are not supposed to buy, you know, hats or they are not supposed to go into hat shops. So they are like, oh my God, we need to hide before somebody sees us. They hide in the cupboard and under a table. And it's a whole thing about trying to stay hidden. Meanwhile, you know, Dolly is like, she knows they're there. <laughs> she knows where they are. And she's just kind of like, man, I don't see a man. She's so shady. She is so shady. But, you know, we appreciate it because she's Dolly freaking Levi and she's, <laughs> yeah. Didn't get away with it. She's Dolly freaking Levi, all right? Horace is about to open the armoire himself, but Dolly searches it and pronounces it empty. So like I just said, like they hide in a closet and under a table. After hearing Cornelius sneeze, Horace storms out upon realizing that there are men hiding in the shop, although he is unaware that they are his clerks. Again, men aren't supposed to go on a hat shop. So it's like, oh, what are they doing? Reason number 588 why Horace Vandegelder is absolutely the worst. Dolly arranges for Cornelius and Barnaby, who are pretending to be rich, to take the ladies out to dinner at the Harmonia Gardens, where they will make up for their humiliation. Now remember, Horace, Dolly, and somebody else are supposed to go to the Harmonia Gardens later. That comes to a head later. Um, She teaches Cornelius and Barnaby how to dance since they are always dancing at such establishments. I think that this is sweet when they dance I, I, they're besties, so it's it's just kind of like, you know, we need to learn how to dance. Um, best friend Dolly, can you teach us? Because we would like to impress these girls. And she's like, well, of course, because we're best friends. And I just like that song. Um, another thing I want to point out, though, is Danny Walken, who is Barnaby Tucker, was casted because of his ability to dance. So it doesn't really matter whether or not he can sing he's always casted to be a dancer I it's primarily a dancing role and I love primarily dancing roles because they're just so fun yeah he's okay I'm looking at him now he is so cute Barnaby Tucker's adorable yeah oh another thing that I also really want to point out before we move on they kind of didn't necessarily go to New York to specifically fall in love um it just kind of ended up happening happening they wanted to get out of Yonkers because for 28 years for Cornelius at least I know Barnaby is younger I don't know but how many years Cornelius hasn't done anything he hasn't lived so they want to go to New York to live for just a day 
And something that I really like because I also really want to see it, the Barnum and Bailey stuffed whale because I also really want to see that. And he was kind of obsessing over it. And after they get to the Harmonia Gardens, they're like, we saw the stuffed whale. I mean, why do we have to stay here? And it's it's just a whole, it's a, it's a running joke throughout the whole movie. The clerks and ladies go to watch the 14th Street Association Parade together. Alone, Dolly asks her first husband, Ephraim, for permission to marry Horace, requesting a sign. So Ephraim is dead. That's her husband. She resolves to move on with life, which starts the musical number before the parade passes by. So I, I really like that one. Um, the next musical number is my favorite one, but this one really resonates with me because she's like, I've spent way too much time grieving over you and I need to move on with my life. Will you let me do that? And that's essentially what that song is all about. And then there's a whole parade, which I think is, you know, fantastic. Um, one of the things that I thought was kind of weird though was all the floats that they had. Um, one of them was a meat packing float. For what? Why? I mean, I'll tell you why because it's 1890. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, the suffragettes. We gotta love suff suffragettes. I love suffragettes. Um, and then, like, Color Guard or whatever because they had like swords and, and army outfits. I don't know exactly what it was. I think it was um, after meeting an old friend, Gussie Granger. On a float on the parade, she was on the meatpacking float. She was on the meatpacking float and she was holding a pig on a meatpacking float. <laughs> That's so sad. She was like, one of the, the, she told Dolly the reason why she was on the float was because I needed money. And I was like, go off, sis, hold a pig on a meatpacking float. <laughs> Dolly catches up with an annoyed, Van de Gelder as he is marching in the parade. So she's literally just walking in the street with this parade. I didn't know you could do that. Because <laughs> if you can do that, I'll go, I'll go up on the Rapunzel float for fantasy or for festival fantasy. Like I will do that. You're just like in the front, you're like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fight Maleficent. <laughs> she tells him that an heiress. Ernestina Simple. She came up with that name on the fly. We appreciate her. We love an improv queen. <laughs> exactly. Um, which this was changed from the stage version, Ernestina Money. Um, this was a musical before it was a movie. Would be perfect for him and asked him to meet her at the Harmonia Gardens that evening. Barnaby and Tucker are there. Uh, Barnaby and Tucker. Barnaby and Cornelius are there. <laughs> so, um, She's very shady and she's, she's a shady queen. Cornelius is determined to get a kiss before the night is over. Since the clicks have no money to hire a carriage, they tell the girls that walking to the restaurant shows that they've got elegance, which is my favorite um, song in the whole movie or, and uh, musical. And I don't know why. It's just, it's fun. It's a fun, like, it's a, it's a fun musical number. Yeah, I agree. It's my favorite, too. Walking around New York like idiots. They're just yeah. like, doing this. Oh, you want me to spin the umbrella? I'll spin the umbrella. Like, they're just walking around like idiots because they don't care. And I think 
I think it's very sweet that even though they're trying to impress a girl, they like they are so unapolog- unapologetically themselves. And I can tell you right now that if that happened today, somebody would record it and be like, oh my God, look at this idiot on the street. And they could just be themselves. Like, I don't know. I just think it's sweet. In a quiet flat, Dolly prepares for the evening, Love is Only Love, which is the musical number. She is just kind of like, you know, even though I'm not going to have the same kind of marriage that I had with Ephraim, I'm still going to have one with Horace because I do love him, but I loved Ephraim in a different way that is completely different than I will ever love anybody else ever, ever, ever at the end. And I, I think, again, I think that that's sweet. I think this, the entire second half of the movie is very sweet and it has a lot of meaning. Um, she talks about how much she misses him, but she needs to move on. At the Harmonia Gardens restaurant, Rudolph, the head raider, whips his crew into shape for Dolly Levi's return. Horace arrives to meet his date, who is really Dolly's friend, Gussie. As it turns out, she's not rich or elegant, as Dolly implied, and she soon leaves us after being bored by Horace, just as she and Dolly had planned. Shady, she's a woman before her time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how you could put it. Only men to get what she wants. Yeah. Only people to get what she wants. Helping other people too, she's a very generous person, but Cornelius Barnaby and their dates arrive and are unaware that Horace is also at the restaurant. Um, so they kind of like, you know, a poor, they're very poor. Um, and they are seated in one of the biggest rooms, one of the most expensive rooms in the entire restaurant. And they order some of the most expensive food there. And, you know, they're having a good time, but they're like, oh my God, we're gonna get arrested. He keeps saying that throughout the entire scene. He's just kind of like, we're gonna get arrested. We're gonna get arrested. We're gonna get arrested because we don't have money to pay for this food. What are we gonna do? Um, so actually in the musical, on the live on stage musical, um, Cornelius and Horace, Cornelius and Horace bump into each other and they drop their wallets. Two of the waiters pick up each wallet, kind of run around for a little bit and they end up with the other's wallet. So then they kind of just blow all of Horace's money on dinner and Horace has none, which then he's arrested. That's not what happens in the movie. Um, We will get to that, but that's not what happens in the movie. Dolly makes her triumphant return to the restaurant and is greeted in style by the staff, Hello Dolly which is the musical number. What did you think of that one? So freaking good. I was not expecting him to be in the movie like whatsoever. And then when man starts singing, oh my God, his voice just like, it hits you in the soul, bro. You feel it. When I'm telling you after I watched this movie today for the billionth time, I went and listened to an hour of Louis Armstrong because that's how it goes. I listened to... Okay, I watch Hello, Hello Dolly, I listen to Louis Armstrong, I listen to Ella Fitzgerald, and then I listen to Barbara. And it's it's a whole thing. And like, ugh. It's such a good like collaboration. It honestly, it felt like 
I don't, it was kind of inspiring, but you just like look at it in awe. I can't even explain it. Yeah. Did you see her dress? Yes. It's beautiful. Oh my gosh. The costume designer knew what they were doing. Um, from each production of Hello Dolly, it changes and it fluctuates. So the one I had was red. Um, it was a red version of that, but my favorite is still the Barbara Streisand. Yeah, the gold is like, do you know what happened to the original dress? Like, where is it? I think it's in the museum. I think it's in the Smithsonian, honestly. It should think, Yeah. Maybe. I, they, they have a whole section of movies, movie stuff. I think, I think it's in. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. The Smithsonian? Yeah. So are all of the first ladies' dresses. Yes, I've been there. I love the Smithsonian. I, Aaron Space, baby. Aaron Space. She sits in the now empty sea of horse, of horse's table and proceeds to tell him that no matter what he says, she will not marry him. He didn't ask her to marry him. I'm actually going to put in a clip of kind of that whole conversation here. Anybody who lived with you would get as nervous as a cat. What? What was that you just said? I said anybody who lived with you would get Arthur as nervous. Van Gelder, you get that idea right out of your head this minute. Why, the idea of you even mentioning such a thing. I mean, understand once and for all that I have no intention of marrying you. Well, I didn't mean that. Well, you've been hinting around such things for some time now. I have not. So from now on, put those ideas right out of your head. Stop talking like that. That's not what I meant at well, all. I hope not. I should hope not. Horace Vandergill, you go your way and I'll go mine. I am not some Irene Malloy who said you can turn with a few chocolate covered peanuts on shelves by the idea of you even suggesting such a thing. You misunderstood me. Well, I certainly hope I did. However, let's not discuss it anymore. Here's our food. I don't feel I'll well. I'll serve Mr. Vandergill to Rudolph. Here is a lovely, a lovely wing for you. And some dumplings. Oh, lighter than air. That's what I need, some air. And some giblets. Very, very tender and very good for you. Now, as I said before, Horace, you go your way and I'll go mine. Well, here, have some wine. You'll feel better at once. However, since you brought this whole matter up, there is one more thing I ought to say. I didn't bring one that up at all. One more thing I ought to say before we forget all about it. It's true, I'm a woman who likes to manage things, but I wouldn't like to manage anything as disorderly as your household. It's out of control. It's untidy. Oh, no, Horace, you can do that for yourself, God helping you. It's not out of control. Very well, let's not say another word about it. Oh, have some beets. I'm not hungry and I don't like beets. No, Horace, a complaining, quarrelsome, friendless soul like you is no sort of companion for me. You salt your beets and I'll salt mine. I'm saying that. I won't say another word. Besides, I'm not those things you said I am. Maybe so, but it looks to me as if you were the only person in the world that knows it. No, Horace, I have decided to enjoy life. Hmm, as for you, you can always find yourself some house people. She is a whole psychopath. <laughs> when she talks about, you'll go your way and I'll go my way. So she points to the left when she says you'll go your way and then points it in the same direction when she says i'll go my way <laughs> just like implying that you're gonna marry me you don't know it yet but you're gonna marry me and it's kind of like reverse psychology i like that she's a little sneaky a little <laughs> all right and one of my favorite lines in that is you'll start salt your beets and I'll salt mine and she proceeds to salt both of them and I it's, it's funny <laughs> fearful of being caught Cornelius confesses to the ladies that he and Barnaby have no money Irene being the smart intelligent woman that she is already knew 
she knew she'd been new she she was like i she literally brought her own purse of money she was like i knew that you guys were poor you guys are just so awesome that i brought my own money to pay <laughs> oh wait we don't actually have any money because they forgot their bag at home the four try to sneak out during the polka contest, but Horace recognizes them and also spots Ermagard and Ambrose. So they left all of their stuff at home so like they couldn't like pay for anything. So they try to sneak out by going through the polka contest and that doesn't work because Horace sees them and is like, what are y'all doing here? Where did you come from? And you know, chaos ensues, he fights somebody. It's a whole thing, it's a whole mess. In the ensuing confrontation, Vandegelder fires Cornelius and Barnaby, although they claim to have already quote unquote quit after he fired them. They go, you can't fire me, I quit. And it's a whole thing. The whole, it's like, if you, Talk about how somebody's a crackhead. Like, that is that scene. It's, it's a whole mess. <laughs> and they are forced to flee as a riot breaks out. So like I said, he fights somebody. He punches somebody else. This somebody else punches another person, another person. You know, it's, it's, it's a whole mess. Um, and in the musical, they actually are all taken to jail except for Dolly. It's, it's a whole thing. Cornelius professes his love for Irene because, quote, it only takes a moment, quote. That's the song. I thought that that was sweet because he's saying like, I didn't even fall in love with you today. Not even an hour, not even a minute, not even a second. The moment I looked at you, I fell in love with you. And I think that's one of the parts in the movie that I always cry in just because it's, so meaningful because it doesn't matter how long you've known somebody if you click with them instantly it feels like you've known them forever and it's it's good to see that in like musicalized I guess that's what I'm gonna call it like it's it's good to see that because you know even though that's only a thing in in fairy tales like it happens in real life too Horace declares that he wouldn't marry Dolly if she was the last woman on earth. So dramatic. You end up marrying her anyway, but it's fine. Yeah. Uh, Doll Dolly angrily bids him farewell. While he's born and lonely, she'll be living the high life. And the musical number, So Long Deary. What did you think of that one? Okay, that's my second favorite song. I thought it was so good. That's because I'm like going through my own issues right now, but it's relatable. It's, I loved it. She literally, again, using reverse psychology, she's like, don't stop me, Horace. And he's just like, I'm not even trying to stop you. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of my line of sight. Like, she's just like, I don't want to marry you. Even though you asked. He didn't ask. It's just one of those like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, are you really about, are you really about to do this? She's, she's amazing. Yeah. The next morning back at the hand fee store, Cornelius and Irene, Barnaby and Minnie and Ambrose and Armagard each come to collect the money Vandegelder owes them. Again, this is 1890. So 
the money that he owes them is significant. I think Cornelius said that he owes him like $148.68 or something like that. And that's a lot of money. Yeah. That he hasn't paid them. He kept it in a safe. And I feel like that's like low-key kind of manipulative. That's a lot of money to owe someone nowadays. Imagine back then. Yeah. That's how much... I feel like that's how much tips at Starbucks are. Like that's that's a lot. Yeah, for real. Oh, also, Ermengarde's mother is dead. I don't know if we said that before, but he hasn't given her the money that she left to her. Hmm. Kind kind of sus. Kind of. Kind sus. of yeah. Um. And you know, money is kind of a big theme in this movie, and she like she's so good to her uncle and he doesn't give anything back to anybody actually and uh, it's frustrating because he's such a selfish person he's so selfish and misogynistic but that's neither here nor there (laughs) he's horrible Chastened, he finally admits that he needs Dolly in his life, but she's unsure about the marriage. She's not. She's not. You and I, and everybody listening, we all know that she wanted to marry him in the first place. She was just like, she's, she hurts my brain. (laughs) But Dolly Levi is my girl, and I love her. She's my hero. Ephraim sends her a sign through this line. You see, Dolly, I've always felt that money, pardon the expression, is like manure. It's not worth a thing unless it's spread around encouraging young things to grow. Thank you, Ephraim. I'm going to, like, admit to you guys, like, the only reason I put that in is because I cannot say that without, like, dying because I have a speech impediment. But it's okay! Cornelius becomes Horace's business partner at the store, and Barnaby fills Cornelius's old position. Horace tells Dolly life would be dull without her and promise that she'll never go away again in the final, which is basically hello, Dolly, but the reprise. So overall, what did you think of this movie? Well, the part that you think of it. I loved every aspect of this movie. It was too long, like two hours is a little too long for a movie, but between like the music itself makes it worthwhile to me. Hello Dolly has been one of my favorite movies for a couple of years now and it I love this movie it's one of my favorite and I like was really apprehensive to do this episode because it's not timely because it was made in 1967 but when we got the go-ahead I I freaked out and I went we're really doing this like this is really an episode that we're doing and I'm very excited about it so yeah, I am very happy that we did this episode and I'm very happy that, you know, Liv likes it now. I yeah. need like something. Yay! <laughs> I am so happy that I watched it because I use, I love musicals, but I can't find any that were like... Good. Okay, my favorite musical is Singing in the Rain. I'm just going to say it. So hopefully, I was going to ask, maybe we can do an episode on that later. That's my favorite movie of all time, period. Okay. Um, and so this kind of gave me, actually, no, this reminded me of My Fair Lady a lot. Kind of, yeah. 
the Audrey Hepburn one, and I love My Fair Lady. I have the record sitting right next to me. I love that movie. Missing in the Marine. <laughs> so good. I love old musicals, and I'm so happy that somebody else loves them too. And if you guys love them as well, give me, like, we can create a group chat and we can talk about all of the old musicals that we want to. So, yeah, what, so what's your rating? Um, I'm going to give it a nine out of 10. Why? Yeah. And this is coming from someone who like, I usually don't like movies. I get bored, but this was a, this was a good movie. I, I'm also going to give it a nine out of 10. The one point is taken away because Horace Vandegelder is horrible. <laughs> yeah. I cannot express enough how much I dislike that man. We need a whole new movie just without him. You know? Just cut him out. So this isn't happening. I know it's not happening, but what what would you do if they um, remade Hello, Dolly? I mean, I would watch it, first of all. I would be interested to see who they cast as Dolly. Right. And I feel like what... They also did this with Mary Poppins Returns, but I think that Barbara Streisand needs to have a cameo in it. Um, also, mm-hmm. a fun fact about this. So Hello, Dolly was obviously a stage production before it was mm-hmm. ever a movie. And at the same time that Hello, Dolly was on stage, I think Funny Girl was also on stage. Channing played the original Dolly, right? And her and Barbara Streisand were head to head at the Tonys. And she won the Tony from uh, Funny Girl. And Carol Channing lost out to her for Hello, Dolly. But they actually ended up casting Barbara for uh, Hello, Dolly instead of Carol. And she won an Oscar for that. That is interesting. like, it was a whole big controversy back then. And everybody was like, are you kidding me? What? And now everybody knows the movie more than they know the musical. Because the musical is wonderful. Well, who, which one did you prefer? The musical. The lead actress, too? Yeah. Hmm. Not, not the Hello, Dolly dress, though. Not the Hello, Dolly dress. The golden one is... is Iconic. Like, I'm a costume person, like I've said in... in a lot of other episodes. I am a costume person. I'm a visual person. So if the costumes are not good, I kind of lose a little bit of interest in, in you know, the movie or a TV show or a play or a musical or whatever. And I think one of my favorite things about this movie, honestly, is, is the costumes. For sure. I time pieces. Um, but this, like, it's phenomenal. Yeah. So what are your final thoughts? Final thoughts, everyone, you should go watch this movie. It's on Disney Plus. I watched it illegally though. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it. It's fun to just like, honestly, if you just need someone to fall asleep to, it's, it makes you happy just to watch it because it's so visually pleasing. Like the aesthetics are there. Oh, absolutely. Um, again, I'm a little biased, but it's okay. Um, definitely if you have the means to, go watch this movie because it's amazing. And if you guys like want to go out of your way, go watch the musical tale because it's great. Um, 
I think that everything in this movie is beautiful and amazing, except for Horace Rana Gelder. Um, but like, like Liv said, it's so aesthetically pleasing and just listening to the music, even if you don't watch any of the movie at all, listen to the music because it makes you happy. It's it's a very fun, it's a very light, it's a very positive show, and it's fantastic. Thank you guys so much for listening. Anna and I will be back next week with part two of our two-part The Haunting of Bly Manor episode. Please be sure to check out Liv and Anna's other podcast, Seriously Ridiculous, where they talk and rant about how awesome Harry Potter is. We will be available on Spotify, Apple Music, and pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.